Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Woo! Ready for Sunday. <sighs> Mike, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, just pretty much finished uh, charting last night's game, so I'm a little tired, but other than that, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up for the weekend. Find anything interesting? Any under-the-radar things about last night's game, or nah? It, the, only, the only thing that's that's probably known that kind of surprised me a little bit was how often the Cardinals are in shotgun. I mean, they are like every single play they're they're doing they're um, snapping the ball from a shotgun position. So really? that was yeah, that was a little surprising to me a little bit. And then um, uh, Andy Isabella. Uh, now I have to go. I haven't gone back and looked, but Andy Isabella had an extreme amount of snap share. So, hmm. um, but as as you mentioned and as we talked about, he's just a straight line, you know, yeah. nine route guy. So, but it was interesting to see him so often, and then see on Seattle side, uh, let's see, um, oh, what's the third receiver? He was in there quite a More? bit. Yeah, David Moore. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he was in there quite a bit uh, as three wide receiver set. He was the number three guy. Hmm. He's been kind of popping up. I've been seeing his name a lot more lately. So um, I think I, I think it's going to take an injury to Lockett or Metcalf for him to matter. But if one of those guys go down, I think he's got some he's got some chops. Uh, he's obviously not Lockett or Metcalf, but he could drop a ball like DK Metcalf did last night. Right yeah. off of his face mask. So uh, <laughs> that, was, we'll get... that was interesting. That, yeah, they were talking about that. How it's like I thought it, the ball looked tipped, or it was sort of weird. And the announcers, I think it was uh, Aikman who was talking about that. And then they showed a close-up play, and it was just right off his cage. Just donked him in the face. Just full-on doink mode. Um, so yeah, um, let's just get into that game. I was gonna say let's 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 not let's uh, get into that game in a second, but let's just get into it. Uh, we're talking about Week 11 Thursday Night Football: Seahawks 28, Cardinals 21. The Seahawks are one and zero in the Lumen Field era. They changed the name like four hours before kickoff yesterday. So I'm still gonna call it the Clink. I think uh it, it's it's one of the best names for an arena in sports it's like uh in sacramento mike we it, it was always arco no matter what they changed the name to it was always arco um and uh just like uh pack bell at&t oracle park that's always going to be at&t park but uh or yeah or candlestick it's candlestick forever for the giants you got candlestick and then it was what three calm at three one point calm, and they had a couple names before they actually moved to the China Basin. Yeah, and and they uh they uh by the end they just gave up and started and called it Candlestick again. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. wanted to put their name on that on that arena anymore on that stadium. Right. Did it become something like uh something like Oracle Park at Candlestick Point or something like that? Yeah, it was they they did the the um like they do with Mile High where they were like blah 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 at or Mile High Field at blah 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 stadium or whatever. They did the same thing but with the at Candlestick Point cuz they were like we we're going to get our cash but we know what you guys call us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about last night's game. Um like I said 28-21 Seahawks now 7 and 3 first place in the NFC West. Cardinals are 6 and 4. I lived in Seattle area for so for 2 weeks. It was fun listening to Seattle media just totally doom 
post and doom broadcast where they're like what is wrong do we need to send jamal adams back and ask for a refund what is going <laughs> on it's like you lost two games dude it's two games yeah like, well, I mean, you should lose two games Jamal Adams was hurt, and uh, they had a really bad secondary there for a while. But, uh, but uh, Mike, uh, your question in this one. Let's talk about our questions for this one. You wanted to see Russ versus Kyler, and um, I think a little underwhelming from both of them in this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, 269 yards from Kyler Murray, um, and then only 15 yards on the ground. It's sort of mediocre. Uh, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson had... More yards on the ground, 42 yards, but uh, two touchdowns from each of them, no interceptions. So it was not a bad game, but it wasn't a fantastic game. It wasn't something that I was looking forward to, or as you know, as you correctly wrote it in big bold letters and exclamation points. I mean, that's how I was looking at this quarterback battle was going to be, and then it was sort of just like, you know, one of those firecrackers that you expect to explode, and then it just goes. It's and, just a, it's just one of those snakes. Yeah, exactly. It just fizzles out, and that, that's kind of how the game ended up being. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, the production that they got you, it's not gonna the quarterbacks. It's not gonna lose you your week. It's not you know catastrophic. They still got some yards, some rushing yards, a couple touchdowns each. But it's not what we've come to expect from either Russ or Kyler uh, uh, in this one. I think um, Thursday night football is starting to claw back its uh, its reputation for being a, kind of a messy game. A uh, lot of discombobulated plays, especially to start this game. The first few drives, except for the uh, the touchdown, it was like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And just a lot of, I like to call it constipated drives where it's just like, yeah, things are getting successful, but they're just like barely getting over the line, you know, first down by inches, you know, you're running on third and one and and your running back's got to reach the ball out and the nose of it is past the chain. And so you get the first down that that's an example, not that specifically didn't happen in last night's game, but it just felt like that was how the game was going. And uh, Evan, you wanted to know if Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, uh, could be good in this game. And um, I was very annoyed because my opponent in my big money league started both Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake last night. Well, it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, Drake, uh, oh, oh, no, I forgot about the Drake touchdown. Yeah, they both scored. Yeah, they both had touchdowns. They both scored and had very paltry yardage and both got four passes. Yeah, so, it was... I, I, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean on moving forward is my answer. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things, I think, that uh, we saw sort of uh, a, a different usage from Kenyon Drake than we've been seeing this year, because they have not been using Kenyon Drake to catch passes this year uh, so much. He had uh, four receptions in this one, and he had four receptions in his last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six games combined. So a little bit of different usage there. If that's something that uh, we can rely on going forward. Uh, we'll see. Um, in a PPR context, that'll be great. And like you said, paltry yardage, but those four catches added 31 yards to his 29 rushing um, in this one. And um, you guys, you guys remember that trade I did at the end of the uh, show on Tuesday that brought in uh, Kenyon Drake and um, Edmonds for. Oh yeah. Uh, so that that was really good timing. I, I yeah. the the thumbs up on that. Unfortunately, um, I, I forgot to play them. Oh, no. Well, at least they're on your roster. At least they're on my roster. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. It's better than you rejecting it and then having FOMO watching them both score touchdowns on Thursday Night Football. You know, at least they're in your back pocket. That, that's, 
that's for sure. Yeah, it would definitely have been worse to go, God, why didn't I make that trade? Yeah. It's only David Montgomery. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and um, speaking of horrible, uh, Carlos Hyde, 14 for 79 and a touchdown. He had a couple long runs. He looked okay at times. He looked like classic Carlos Hyde at times. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 67 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, 46 and a touchdown. Should have had a much bigger game. Uh, he had um, the brutal drop in the end zone for a touchdown, and then he had uh, a long play that was an, also a brutal drop that might have gone for a touchdown. Honestly, he had the he had the angle, and he's you know we all remember the last time these two met him catching up with Buda Baker. So we know he's got the speed. So it, it could have been a three touchdown day day for DK Metcalf, but you can't get too mad at three for 46 and a touchdown. Um, other than that in this game uh, for the Seattle side, um, Bo Scarborough, he had some tough runs. He left with a really gnarly looking hamstring injury. I doubt he plays next week. Um, and then Greg Olson, uh, Torres Planner Fascia, uh, as a fellow Planner Fascia terror, my heart goes out to Greg Olson. That sucks. Um, and, uh, that they, a full tear, you can actually come back from faster than a partial tear. It's kind of weird. Um, because a lot of it has to do with like a, if you, if you support it, right, it's a pain management issue. And if it tears completely, it, it doesn't have, you know, the nerve endings rubbing against each other in the partial tear. So you can actually come back faster, but I doubt Greg Olson comes back this year. Um, and I, I that's probably a career wrap on Greg Olson, if I'm being honest. Um, I tore my plantar fascia, like I said, partially in it. I wasn't fully right because I didn't let it heal. I rushed back for uh, several years um, and I was 18 when I tore mine. So um, sucks uh, to see Greg Olson end his career that way. What are you doing to your knee and your leg and your foot? You've got arthritis and basketball, man. Basketball is rough on the, on the lower extremities. I played high school basketball and I played AAU two years and, um, it's rough, rough on the lower extremities. And that's how I tore my plantar fascia. Um, I was going up to do a shot and I remember, I distinctly remember I was, I was catching a ball. I was going from the elbow extended to the, to the, to the corner of the, the key. And I was pivoting on my right foot. And it just the twisting motion just oh I'm I'm miming it right now and I can actually feel the it, feel it in my foot the twisting motion just kind of ripped my plantar fascia a little bit um, but yeah basketball is brutal on the on the legs I've have I've I have old man legs because of it but uh um but you know what it's better than uh, brain damage from football so <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take my foot hurting when it rains over uh you know not being able to remember my name when I'm 50. Uh, let's see, uh, on the Arizona side, we talked about the running backs. We talked about the quarterback, uh, Deandre Hopkins had a very down game five for 51 on eight targets, but he had some big, uh, uh, pass interference calls, um, that, you know, one of the cases I've seen people say is, uh, Hey, we should, you know, at least get half credit for pass interference yards, which I think is just sour grapes a little bit, but would have given you a better game from DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald eight for 62 on 10 targets. Don't think that's the norm. I would not worry about that going forward. Mike, you mentioned Andy Isabella one for six on two targets. I actually wrote that down specifically because we talked about him straight line. They tried to do a screen with him. They like swung it outside. I think, I think they were trying to do a screen or just have him just run the ball. But I'm like, that's not what you do with Andy Isabella. <laughs> that's about the fifth or sixth guy on your team that I would choose to do that with. So, um, And Dan Arnold scored a touchdown. You can ignore Dan Arnold. All right. So anything else from Thursday Night Football you guys want to talk about? No. No? All right. 
before we get into this week's game, I want your guys' input on on uh, a dynasty trade. This is a league I'm in with Evan, and um, I'm rebuilding. I oh, was- I'm sorry. I take that back. Um, <laughs> sorry about we that. We've got to talk about my fo- fantasy football team. <laughs> Everybody cares about my fantasy football team. Um, okay, but before we do that, the, the one thing with Greg Olson's injury, you look Oh, for- yeah, 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 yeah. Put put Will Will Disley on your radar because the Seahawks love to go their tight ends and Will, Will Disley is definitely the one that will probably get most of the action there. Uh, I don't know about Hollister; he's getting some action too. But I like Disley a lot now that Olsen's out. That's actually a great point. And um, if you know if people have been listening to us for a while, we remember back to the preseason when we were talking about the Seahawks tight end room. Our point, our, our consensus that we came to was it was too crowded for anybody to have fantasy value so that they will pass the tight end. But we don't know if it's going to be Olsen, Hollister or Disley. And Mike, you're absolutely right. Without without Olsen there, Hollister is not really, you know, a, a big uh, 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 target guy. He's not going to get a lot of targets uh, over Will Disley. So that's a great point, Mike, um, on on that front. Okay, now can we talk about my my dynasty team? Oh, one other point. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm rebuilding in a dynasty team that I'm in with Evan. Evan is crushing the league. Uh, he took over a uh, an orphan last year and has far and away the best team in the league, and it's annoying and obnoxious. And um, I'm rebuilding. I went all in the first year. This is the third year. And um, so I traded away Nick Chubb. Okay. I figure Nick Chubb is not going to be part of my team the next time that it's good, uh, just because looking at the production cycle, you know, of, of running backs. So I moved him for four picks. I was trying to get Zach Moss back, but he would not budge. So I got another second round pick instead. So I got these are these are slated to be late picks. 2021 first and second 2022 first and second. So I got four picks, and this gives me five picks in the top 26 this year um, in this wow. draft. Yeah, because because uh, I've got my own because I've got I own this guy's two first round picks. Then I have an early third round pick. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna pick second. So I've got those, and then actually, if you if you roll it forward, uh, I have Evans' second round pick this year as well. So um, so I got a I got a lot of picks this year. So I'm pretty happy. I think this might only be a one or two year rebuild. So A pluses all around. Thank you. I that's that's what I thought. Oh, it, it's good. What what I like it. What's the where is he going to end up? Do you think as far oh, as uh, he's he's he and Evan are going to be fighting for the title now. So it's going to be end of the first uh, probably. Okay. Yeah, because he was he was he was third. He added Nick Chubb and didn't give me any players. So I might have handed him the title, but that's fine. I, I I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about my own team. Yeah, I and mean, then you can't really base on. I mean, even if Chubb blows it up in the championship game, you can't really one player out of like eleven or whatever you guys start. You can't say, okay, well, this is why he won the title. So. Um, and you, like you said, in a dynasty league, you got to do what's best for your team. So I like it. I, th- I think you're going to, especially rebuilding and restarting, you got some good picks. Yeah, I got a lot of picks this year. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can trade him his own pick back because he actually owns the 1.01 and I, the, the likely 1.01. And I'm likely to own the 1.02. I'm going to see if I might be able to move some picks around and end up with the 1.01. Trade him his own pick back, maybe. <laughs> 
see to, uh, scam a little bit out of that to see who he wants. But, uh, you know, between it's probably going to be Etienne or Najee. Probably not going to be a bad choice either way. Maybe Chuba. Um, we'll see how the draft process plays out. We draft after the NFL draft, so I can see where guys end up. So I'm pretty happy about that. All right. Enough about that's my thing. That's the way fantasy. it should be. I, I hate does. drafts that take place before the draft. It's, that's just people trying to flex, trying to show that they know more than everybody else. That's not people actually trying to have a coherent league. That doesn't you make know? any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Thank you, Evan. It doesn't make any sense. Because well, it's all it's all like, hi, I'm an actual owner of an actual team and the actual owners get the draft to get the players. So it d- d- doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Evan, I like how Evan was quiet for that whole thing. He was just looking down from his cliff, from his eight and two <laughs> ledge in his ivory tower going. Well, it's also because <laughs> I know nothing about Dynasty, which is just the, the irony of this whole thing. Is I'm like, oh, yeah, there's future picks. Oh, yeah, I don't have a pick. I did trade that. Huh. Like, I'm, just, I'm still grasping the basic rules of the system. Let me put it this way. There's a decent chance that uh, Nick Chubb, who is, if not my best player, my second best player, might be Evan's fifth best player. So <laughs> uh, between Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, uh, and uh, um, George Kittle. Um, very frustrating, very frustrating to have Evan just stroll right on in and be like, what's well, <laughs> dynasty? And, and, and just when, when I think the team, somebody in the thread was like, Oof, I wouldn't want that garbage team. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know. I, I got to pick from two different teams and this one seemed a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get back to this. Let, let's talk about this week's game. Shall we? Yes. Or do you guys, or you guys want to keep talking about my dynasty team? We can talk, we can keep talking about it. I picked up Antonio Brown. I was trying to trade him. Nobody wanted him. So now I'm stuck with Antonio Brown. Oof. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the games. Philadelphia and Cleveland. Uh, Philadelphia three, five and one. Cleveland six and three. Cleveland are now three point favorites. This line moved from three point five, and it is a forty-seven and a half point over under. That moved from forty-seven earlier in this week. So some movement in this game, uh, likely related to the weather. And breaking news: the 49ers just put three players on COVID. Great. Okay. Oh, awesome. Geez. Wonderful. Perfect. Brandon Ayuk's back on the COVID IR. Um, in this one, I'm going to tilt a little bit over here. Evan, you want to know if Austin Hooper's decline in usage last week was due to the surgery recovery or what was going on there? You, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, a lot of people are not in on Austin Hooper. and I, I guess he, he could be droppable. I would find a way to hold him uh, and start him this week because there was the two weeks where part of his body – you know, was exploding inside of him. And then there was last week's complete windstorm. So he only got two targets, but there were only like, oh, how many targets were there? There were only 20, there were only 12 completions to go around. So I I still think that Baker Mayfield looks, to, I think that, uh, oh my gosh, who's the coach of the Browns? I want to say Roman Stefanski. Stefanski. Okay, thank Kevin. You. That's I wanted to say Roman Polanski. I'm like, that's not it. That's not even allowed. <laughs> I don't really. think it's Roman okay, Polanski, dude. Cool. Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I think he has him look at the uh, at the at the tight ends first, which would make them his first read. So I would, if you need to drop him, drop him. But I wouldn't mind starting him. Uh, I'm starting Godert over him, but that's because I'm all in on Godert. But I think Hooper has a bounce back week unless uh, you said there's there's wins again um i don't know let me let me check that uh cleveland i got the, site. I got the forecast site open let me check it 
All right. Uh, looks like Sunday is going to be 17 mile per hour winds with uh, with rain. It's going to be rainy and slightly windy, so probably a lot more running it. Um, but the Browns don't really air it out to yeah. to Hooper. So, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much about the 17 mile per hour winds. We saw with Big Ben last week that if your quarterback uh, can actually throw the ball, um, it, the you know slight winds aren't going to be a problem. Um, but Mike, in this one, um, you're looking to another guy who uh, had a bad week last week. Travis Fulgham. We 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 coined Fulgaming, which is uh, getting a ton of targets and being fantasy relevant because everybody on your team is dead. Um, is and you want to know if he's still Fulgaming or if he's flexing, if he's a flex worthy guy this week. Yeah. So last week he ended up fourth on the team of targets. Greg Ward, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard all out targeted him, but. You could pretty much just throw all that in the wash because you have Carson Wentz throwing for only 208 yards. Now you're looking at the Browns, who's allowed the six most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. 12 touchdowns overall. And you, you figure that even with some bad weather that happened in the last couple of weeks, that maybe he's sort of more flexing than fulgaming. But I don't know. It's really one of those tough calls. I think if he becomes more of a flex option this week, then you can keep him and, and move forward. But if he's just fulgaming, then it's time to cut bait. Yeah, it might be time to cut bait on um, on uh, on fulgum. I wouldn't do it yet, but uh, I'm my finger's hovering over the button, you know? Yeah, it's, it's one of those where, like, if he doesn't perform like he has performed during the past because Jalen Rieger's in there and then with Greg Ward, Dallas, all those players – then it's like, okay, I'll give him one more shot. But like you mentioned, it's like you're reaching for it, for it and you're like, okay, I'm about to hit this buzzer. So I'll give him one more week if it's not this week, but that's it. They, you know, it, It's pretty much now do or die. You got two shots. You keep fulgaming, you're gone. You're gone. All right, so injuries in this one didn't go over it. Uh, Jordan Howard is now on the pra- is back with the Eagles. He's on the practice squad. Um, Corey Clement and JJ Ortega Whiteside both both hit COVID IR. Zach Ertz needs a little more time, according to Doug Peterson. And for the Browns, Garrett or Miles Garrett, I'm gonna say Garrett Gilbert. Uh, wrong team. Uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett, Andy Janovich, and Jack Conklin are all in COVID IR. I believe Jack Conklin is a contact tracing thing, so he could possibly come back this weekend. But Garrett is definitely out. Um, he doesn't have time to revert off of COVID IR before um, the game. They, cause he has to have, I think it's five consecutive negative tests and mathematically that doesn't work. It's Friday. Uh, so he'll be out this weekend. Fun times. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. Atlanta three and six, new Orleans seven and two. This is another 10 AM game. This is uh, the over under for this one on ESPN is 50.5. New Orleans are three and a half point favorites. This one has moved. I'm actually surprised it hasn't moved more. Um, this was 51 points in new Orleans as five point favorites earlier this week. Um, big injury in this one. It's Taysom time or maybe not. Uh, Drew Brees isn't playing this week. They actually put him on uh, the IR um, right before we started recording this podcast. And earlier today, uh, the big hype on all over Twitter was Taysom Hill was going to be getting the quarterback snaps and they weren't even going to have packages for Jameis. That was the report. And then about an hour before we started recording, uh, Sean Payton said, you know what? I don't know who I'm going to start on Sunday. Good luck with that. So... (laughs) To that, I say, good luck with that. I'm still on ESPN. You can use Taysom Hill as a tight end. 
the floor for tight ends is zero. Use Taysom Hill at tight end. I kind of feel like that's that's what we got to do there. Um, Alvin Kamara missed practice Thursday. He said, quote, I'm feeling good. He was back at practice Friday. I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara. Uh, Calvin Ridley is expected back this weekend. Let me double check that because we record this right around the time that uh, injury Friday injury news comes out. So let me double check that one. And Laquan Treadwell is on COVID IR. But, um, you know, much respect to the Treadwell family. I hope he has a short and uh, speedy recovery. But who cares? Uh, <laughs> for that guy's still even in the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was this off season. They were hyping, Oh, the Falcons are going to have, they could run out an entire lineup of first round picks. I'm like, yeah, one of them is freaking like Juan Treadwell. Who cares? <laughs> uh, but Mike, you want to know if Michael Thomas is being the biggest bust since Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's quite drastic. But if you look at his three games, he's only caught 10 balls on 18 targets for 95 yards and has not scored a touchdown. Uh, but you know, those are against some good defenses, Tampa Bay 49ers. Now he has the Falcons, and they are like the 30th worst in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. They've given up six touchdowns in the last four weeks to that position on top of like 250-plus yards. You know, if, if Thomas cannot exploit this defense for at least top 24 numbers, then I'm just like thinking start moving away from him because – not only has he missed a lot of games, but he's also not performing. And then he can't even perform against a, a defense that's like one of the worst in NFL. Um, and, you know, you could say, well, look, at he if he doesn't perform well against Atlanta, you could say, well, he had Taysom Hill, a quarterback, or he had Jameis Winston at quarterback. What do you expect him to do? I don't care. The defense for the Falcons are that bad. He should at least get top 24 off Atlanta. And if he doesn't, I, I might not start him next week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been banged up all year. He's been in and out of the line. Well, he hasn't even been in and out of the lineup. He was just like, oh, he might play. Oh, he has another injury. Oh, he might play. Oh, he got in a fight in practice. It's like, ugh. very frustrating year to have Michael Thomas. And Mike, you're right. He hasn't shown us this year. And with Drew Brees hitting IR, we, I mean, this team's going to be a mess the next few weeks. I think Cal, I think Alvin Kamara is the only guy you can rely on. And I say that as an Alvin Kamara owner, more hoping than saying. Um, but yeah, I, I don't fault you if you, if you go away from Michael Thomas, it's don't sit your studs, but a guy's got to show you that he's still a stud at a certain point, you know? Yeah. And maybe just as his heart's not in it th this year and I don't know, may, or other problems, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's showing up on the field, it's showing up er elsewhere and it, yeah, you have to cut bait sooner or later. You can't just rely on your stud when he's just not doing it. Exactly, exactly. So I checked the um, Calvin Ridley status. He has no injury designation, so he should be playing this weekend. Uh, I don't see any reason why not unless there's something, some setback on my, uh, Sunday for no reason. So you can fire up your Calvin Ridleys. Um, we'll lead requested we talk about Taysom Hill. So Evan, before we go, oh no, Evan, you wanted to know if you were insane for starting Taysom Hill over Kirk Cousins versus Dallas. You you snuck a Taysom question in there. I didn't yeah, think yeah, time. I did. You know what happened was I'm okay with it now. I started Taysom Hill over Cousins in my big money league. What happened is uh, four or five of my seven starters are on by or got injured. Like I have DeAndre Swift and Galladay, and I have the Bills, and uh. I'm six and four, but I'm in second place out of 14 teams, and six make the playoffs. So I can, uh, I can, I can just, have, I just need to win one more game in the last three. So I'm like, screw it, let's hunt some unicorns this week, you know? 
let's have some fun with it. So I'm putting in Taysom Hill at quarterback. That's uh, that's quite a thing. I would say uh, I would not do that, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, but I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't exactly the most exciting uh, quarterback out there either. Kirk but, Cousins, we know his upside too, and I need I need an explosion at quarterback to have a chance at winning this week. Yeah. So, um, Mike, what do you think about Kirk Cousins versus Taysom Hill? I mean, it's hard to analyze because Taysom Hill is just like wild card. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a total just someone reckless abandonment. And I, if he starts, I could definitely see that. I could just see him just be like, okay, uh, there's an opening, I'm going to run with the ball, or you know, I'm going to throw it here, or I'm going to throw. It's just going to be a crazy set of affairs. Maybe yeah, Atlanta's, like, Atlanta's defense doesn't have any tape to study even. So yeah, keep going. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's almost like uh, Josh Allen last year in the playoffs where he was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. And um, <laughs> we all saw how that ended up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, to be honest, I, I don't need, I, I would not, let's put it this way. If I had to be a betting man, I would bet that Jameis Winston's a starter. I don't see Taysom Hill starting this game. Oh, I do. I think Winston, Sean Winston or cousins. Well, <laughs> Jameis isn't going to play. No, I, th- I think Taysom's going to get all up. Opp- Mike, I think Taysom's going to get all opportunity to do well in this game because never underestimate Sean Payton's desire to prove that he's the smartest man in the room. You will never go broke betting against Sean Payton trying to, uh, trying to, uh, you know, prove that he's correct. And I think that that's what he's doing. Cause everybody's clowning. Everybody clown Taysom Hill. And this stupid Taysom Hill contract. So I, I, uh, there's also a conspiracy theory that they're not letting him, they're not letting Jameis, uh, get an, a Teddy Bridgewater contract so that they can sign him for cheap again next year when they actually need a quarterback. There's also that theory that they're just, but that that seems a little too conspiracy theory. But uh, I'm, st- I, you know, if I played on ESPN, I would start Taysom Hill at tight end. Why not? The floor is zero for every tight end except for Travis Kelsey. You know, so it's like. If here's how bad here's how bad tight ends are this year. George Kittle is the sixth highest scoring tight end despite playing in six games. Yeah, he's he missed a lot of time. He was when he came back, he was like second in yardage despite missing like 50% of the season at that point. It was a crazy for George Kittle. So yeah, tight end sucks. Fire him up. Why not? That might be a preview of my FanDuel lineup this weekend. So maybe I'll be ride or die with Taysom Hill. All right. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that'll do that for Atlanta, New Orleans. Um, we'll see how that goes. But, oh, Taysom tight end. Mike, would you at least co-sign Taysom at tight end if he uh, if he's eligible for that in your league? I mean, I, I think I think it also depends on who's out there or whatever. But if you're looking at, I don't know, Trey Burton and Taysom Hill with the news that he might start. Yeah. I, I think I would definitely go with Taysom Hill um, or someone that's just, you know, 90% of scrubs that we have no idea what they're going to do out there. I, I, yeah. I, w- I would like Taysom. That, that would get, get you some good points. Yeah. Uh, uh, Taysom or Logan Thomas. Oh man. If I'm going to get five to 10 points, I want to get it in the most exciting play possible. <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be the most exciting play possible if, if you're going with Taysom Hill there. All right, all right. That's that's good. That actually know. could actually almost win you the game if 
if you can put Taysom Hill at quarterback, I mean at tight end, and he starts at quarterback, you're looking at some major points. Yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely a um, uh, a potential just like weak smash. It's almost like turning a regular league into a super flex league if you can pull that off on ESPN. So so yeah, we'll see how that goes this weekend. Taysom is the big wild card play this weekend. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm just I, I just want to see it. I just want to see it so bad. Like I'm I'm itching to see what they do this weekend. I don't think I can remember itching to see something this this much, this much chaos uh, on, this weekend. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game, though, before I just keep talking about Taysom Hill. Cincinnati two, six and one Washington team football is going to be two and seven. This is a forty six and a half point over under Washington team football are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, if you want to know why I call them Washington Team Football, go ahead and check out those acronyms. Thank you to Mike. It's my favorite thing that I do. My favorite bit right now, and I stole it from Mike. Uh, injuries in this one. Joe Mixon is not playing this week. His foot injury has left him out. Uh, uh, T. Higgins was sick, but at practice it's not. Co- but he's back at practice. It's not COVID. Washington Team Football has no uh, injuries to note except for, um, you know, if you, if you have been under a rock, Kyle Allen hit IR, Dwayne Haskins isn't starting, starting this week. It is the Alex Smith show there in Washington. Um, Evan, you want to know if it's, uh, Jekyll Bernard or Hyde Bernard. And let me, let me, let me, um, punch this up for you. Geokel Bernard. No. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Giocal works for me. Dr. Giocal or, or Hyde Vani? Um, yeah, Gio Bernard is not... Uh, first of all, Gio Bernard, you got to hold him. Uh, Mixon might not play the rest of the season. They're being cagey there. Uh, but Bernard is not like the smash in there because of their re- re- remarkably different play styles and athletic talents. He's not the automatic play uh, uh, for the first and second down. So he has these ups and down games. Like he had two games with about 20 points, but then he had two games with eight carries. And last game he got he got out touched by he got out he got outgained by Samaje. I haven't heard this guy's name since 2017. P Ryan. So James. yeah, uh, and he's going against a Washington football team who's not elite at stopping the run, but they're good at stopping the run. So that's what I'm watching for this week. Yeah, um, I have I have him where I'm starting him. It's a 12-team league with two flexes, and I, I'm starting him there. But, um, you know, shallower leagues, you might not have to do that, especially with guys like, I'd say it, Kalen Balazs um, in a good matchup. But um, it's an interesting interesting thing to see this week because you're right. Gio hasn't been a smash play. He's just been getting decent. He's been getting good volume, and that's why he's been producing, except for last week at, at the Steelers. I would say as a volume play, you got to roll him out there. Mike, what say you about Giovanni? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I and plus the fact he seems like he is more. They 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 like to target him out of the backfield where Mixon hasn't been that guy as far as targets. So there's something definitely there where you could see Bernard getting a lot of the targets out of the backfield more than, than Mixon. So not only getting that, but you're also getting the rushing yards and yeah, against Washington team football roll with it. Yeah. Keep it rolling. I, uh, uh, Giovanni Bernard might save my season in this league. So, uh, big ups to me, I guess, uh, Mike in this one, uh, you are hoping to see um, about uh, Antonio Gibson if he's top 12 and he's close right now. It's shocked me. Yeah, it's 
talking about someone that is doing it without the volume, and that's Antonio Gibson. Uh, J.D. McKissick has just split that up, divvied that up, but Gibson is just doing it and scored 22.5 fantasy points against the Lions last week, the RB7. Uh, it was his second highest total on the season, and he's just been consistent. 12 fantasy points in six of his last eight games. Four rushing touchdowns in the last three combined. Uh, but you're also seeing some targets out of the backfield. He's had at least four uh, in four of his last six games. He's at least caught four balls. And you got the Bengals. And when you're facing the Bengals and you have a guy who's not only performing, performing well with limited volume, you got to go with it. And I, I, they, the Bengals allow a lot of rushing yards. They tighten it down when it comes down to the end zone, but Gibson has shown no mercy. I mean, when he's got an opportunity, he scores touchdowns. So I like it. Uh, I expect a lot of a lot of rushing yards, maybe one touchdown, and I can definitely see Gibson as a top twelve once again this week by the end of this week. Yeah, no, I buy it too. I uh, as an Antonio Gibson doubter, um, he's just he's being efficient with what he gets and. You know, he uh, there's something to be said about gaining a team's trust partway through the year, you know, and I think that that's what's happening with uh, with uh, Antonio Gibson. He's getting worked in. And, and that's not to say that uh, J.D. McKissick isn't J.D. McKissick has right. 29 targets over his last two games. I mean, he's not blowing, you know, blowing the doors off the hinges with uh, with with those uh, with those numbers. But in a PPR league, I mean. Uh, you got to start a guy that gets 15 targets across two ga- or tw- 29 targets across two games. I mean, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, if you have both of them, roll out both. Really, I mean, you could put JD in the flex and Antonio as your one or two RB, and there you go. I mean, you, you can pretty much do that almost every week. Yeah, it's wild. It's completely wild that um, that that's that's working out that way for Washington, especially because they're not a good team. Usually, when you do that, it's a good team, but they're just. I've, you know, it's one of those things I call it by hook or by crook, you know, whatever they're going to do to make it work that week, they will do it. And, um, you know, it's not a huge passing tree of, you know, in terms of targets and everything. It's just, you know, they, they just have a lot, a lot to go around to only a few guys. And, and one guy I think might have a good game this weekend, Cam Sims. I think we mentioned him on Tuesday's show. Um, I like him this weekend as well against a bad, uh, bad Bengals team. I have him rolled out in my dynasty league, the the one I commish, and I picked him up. He was he was still on the waiver wire. To my my shock, and I'm like, oh, easy. And so I'm rolling with him. Guess who I picked up to clear the spot uh, that uh, Nick Chubb uh, vacated? Would that be a Cam Sims? Yeah, it would be Cam Sims. So yeah. so I picked him up too, uh, literally within the last uh, half hour. So um, so yeah, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Detroit and Carolina. Uh, this one does not have a line because we don't know. Well, it has lion, but not lines. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to play. We don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Uh, we do know that Danny Amendola and Kenny Galladay both won't play. Uh, we know that DeAndre Swift won't play. Uh, we know that Christian McCaffrey won't play. Uh, Stafford is expected to play. Teddy Bridgewater is likely out, which means it's PJ Walker time, baby. And guess who I'm starting in the football absurdity league this week in our super flex spot. Going with Mr. Pajamas. I'm going with, yeah, (laughs) bananas in pajamas, Walker. 
Uh, that's what I'm going with um, this week. So that, that'll be fun to see how that goes. And either Drew Locke or Brett Rippon, whichever one of those guys is starting. That team is a mess, guys. But I'm in playoff position. I'm shocked. Um, just by hook or by crook, oh, yeah, baby. I noticed that this week and was quite impressed. Yeah, by hook or by crook, baby. Um, in this one, uh, Detroit, Carolina. Mike, you wanted to know if Matthew Stafford could be back-to-back top 12. And I don't think he will with the thumb injury. I think they're going to they're gonna give the ball to Adrian Peterson a lot. Yeah, especially because DeAndre Swift is out. And my goodness, that must have been one heck of a concussion. Uh, yeah. It was so, probably he killed that guy. And then the concussion, he not he, he got a concussion so hard, the concussion got scared and waited until like Wednesday to pop back up because he yeah, hit that guy exactly. so hard. It's like, no, you're good. And all of a sudden, oh, no. No, no, no. So Stafford was a QB nine last week and a QB three two weeks ago. Um, however, he has not had back-to-back weeks where he's been a top 12 quarterback uh, this season. Not not once has he been back-to-back. Uh, and only he's only been a top 12 twice this season, those two times I've just mentioned. And the Panthers, you know, they're not really pushovers. They, they come defending the pass, only allowing the 18th most fantasy points. So they're middle of the road, but... Uh, their last two contests, they've given up seven total touchdowns, uh, four to Mahomes, three to Brady. So Stafford and Brady, maybe, you know, three touchdowns. That could put him in the top 12. I, you know, without Swift, without, you know, sort of that slow, meandering running game with Adrian Peterson and Kerryon Johnson might get some action as well. But, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be easy for him to get a top 12, especially missing the wide receivers and, just too many missing pieces for Stafford, so I'd stay away from him if you're looking to stream. Yeah, he's one of those guys where he can put up some big weeks for you, but he also needs everything to go well. And um, I don't think this one's going to go well, especially when you consider that they're going to play on Thursday. So I think they're going to protect Matthew Stafford so they don't uh, get absolutely shellacked on Thanksgiving. You know, you, you don't think about you know oh big stage or whatever, but they got to know they can't they they can't risk Matthew Stafford. Uh, they uh, when they can potentially win with uh, uh, Adrian Peterson this week, you know? So I think they're going to have a conservative game plan with a lot of AP. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think Stafford's going to pull it off this week. Uh, Evan, you wanted to know about Galladay and Swift. So you definitely did the, uh, the curse this week. You preemptively cursed them before the show even started. Yeah. You know me, I designed my team with a couple of superstars and then a bunch of high floor people. And I was like, Kenny Galladay, highest floor. His quarterback was injured all last year and he finished top five, you know, Hey Swift, that dude, you're not going to get a lot of wear and tear. He's probably never going to get more than 20 carries a game. And wouldn't you know, after Galladay had four straight double-digit weeks, he's out for a couple of weeks. Swift, after his announcement game, his statement game, injured. And just, Okay, guys, can you can you be high floor guys? What happened to the floors? They don't make floors like they used to. Well, they got hurt. The floors got hurt. I mean, that's you can't have a floor game if you can't get on the field. But I'm used to my I'm used to running backs that get lots of touches getting hurt. Like when when I have uh, Josh Jacobs, when he gets hurt, I'm like, yep, this was baked into my season plans. But when somebody doesn't get a lot of touches or catches the ball gets hurt, I'm like, why? Why universe? Why Detroit? Why this is why everybody hates you. Wow. Okay. I see how it is. I see how it is. Some some hate on some uh, some hate on Detroit. All right. 
Um, the uh, Evan Hoovler's views about Detroit uh, are his own and are not indicative of the official uh, position of football absurdity. Is that fair? I love Detroit. There, I love any urban center. All right, next game up is going to be Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Pittsburgh is 9-0. and Jacksonville is 1-8. and This is a 47-point over-under is how it opened this week. Pittsburgh as 10-point favorites in this one. And uh, as the week has developed, the line has gone to 46.5 with Pittsburgh as 10.5-point favorites. Evan, you want to know if James Robinson can survive this test of his superpowers? Yeah, this is the first real test against a great run defense since week one against Indianapolis. And, you know, week one for a, a rookie, who, who I don't look at that data, especially with no preseason. So this is the first time where I'm watching, I'm going, all right, how how much are you aware of what Pittsburgh's doing? Does it rattle you? Are you going to just put your head down and run into the line every time? Or are you going to be your, your, your superstar, your, your emerging superstar self? Uh, this is probably the match up uh, of the week I'm most looking forward to watching this potentially emergent J-Rob versus a great run defense because there's a chance that J-Rob can just announce himself as you know a first round early first round pick next week next next year if he just comes out with this week and has a decent top top 18 game yeah, and I forgot to mention the injuries in this one. J-Rob will have to do this without Gardner Minshew. It'll be Jake Luton for, uh, I believe, this is the third game in a row. Um, and he doesn't have much behind him. Jake, uh, sorry, Chris Thompson went on IR. The only other healthy running back in that on that roster is Divina Zigbo. Um, and LaVishka Chenault is... Oh, Dar- is Dari active? I thought Dari was practice squad. Uh, he was active last week. I do not know if they put him on practice squad for this week. So. All right, so Mike, your ga- your question is, uh, is this the Dario Gumbawale breakout game? No. <laughs> yeah, that's my question. Uh huh. <laughs> no, is it, is it a James Conner uh, bounce back? Because he's been bad for a couple of weeks. He has been bad, uh, putting up a total of ten point eight fantasy points to teams like the Dallas Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so he's totaled 10 points against those two teams. Dallas and Cincinnati are a little middle of the road at the end of sort of the middle road ish, but you really expect a lot more from your, maybe your third round or your fourth round pick. Uh, and now he has a Jaguar and the Jaguars are really bad. They're the 28th worst team when stopping the run. If he doesn't finish in the top 24, I will be inherently worried about him moving forward. So, he should bounce back in this game. This game should be a James Conner type game where he scores one to two touchdowns, gets, you know, close to 100 yards, if not over 100 yards. But if he's just slow and sluggish and you're just like, what is this guy? And Benny Snell starts getting more of the opportunities or um, Anthony McFarland shows up, then you might want to try to get rid of Conner, trade him if, if you guys still have trade. Opening, you know, deadlines for leagues now almost all passed, but that could be a situation. If not, just hold on to him, bench him, and then see if he eventually has a bounce back game that you could start hoping for. But like we were talking about on Tuesday, he could just be one of those injuries where they don't talk about until the end of the season. And, you know, oh, I'm feeling 100%. Yeah, I was dealing with, you know, a fractured ankle. Um, yeah. But it wasn't really <laughs> You know, uh, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, that explains everything. So we'll see if he, but th- this should be a good game for him. If it's not, then I'd be worried. Yeah, it does. It, I, we, like you said, we mentioned it on Tuesday, it does kind of seem like one of those games that, um, 
uh, or one of those years where we're going to find out in January, February, oh, he got arthroscopic knee surgery or something, you know, something for us to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That explains why all of a sudden in, what was it, week eight, he just stopped being good. Like he was, he was producing, he was producing, and then he just stopped. And so that would definitely uh, 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 track with a, an injury that we don't really uh, uh, know about. So, um, yeah, I think that that puts that game to bed for this week. Uh, Jacksonville's going to win in a blowout, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, they might not even score a touchdown, but yeah. Um, I, I, took Pitt, I took Pitt in our survival league. Why couldn't Jacksonville have just beat Green Bay last week? Then I would have won the survivor league. Because uh, my my survival league, uh, I have to sweat all game and then come out with a victory because it was uh, the Packers and then when the um, when the uh, Panthers almost beat the Chiefs. Those were my last two weeks. So I've been I've been uh, very puckered the last couple of weeks while uh, I uh, uh, watch my my survival team almost go up in flames and sorry i'm shook again uh the 49ers signed tack mckinley and he failed his physical again Dang. 49ers are cursed we are cursed we are cursed uh, all right we're rolling out this week jeff huh which team are you rolling out in survivor this week i do not know i don't remember uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody playing a bad team just because i forget to actually said it <laughs> i think it's the chargers against the jets i think i'm just chasing around the jets right now um the Jets uh, might not be a bad spot right here. I mean, you have the Steelers who are 9-0, and haven't lost a game. You know that's coming to an end soon. In Jacksonville. Ooh, Mike's Mike's calling his shot. Mike's saying the Jags win in a blowout. That's what I'm blowout, hearing. Blowout, like tire running over a wooden nail. Boom, blowout. That's that's what I'm hearing. That's what I heard. So if, if that happens, you heard it here first. If that doesn't happen, we'll pretend like Mike didn't say anything. Yeah, we'll just erase that that whole audio section. Yeah, so <laughs> all right. Uh, next game up, Tennessee and Baltimore. It's a playoffs rematch. Uh, this one started as a 49-point over-under with Baltimore as six-and-a-half-point favorites. This one has moved uh, slightly to Baltimore five-and-a-half-point favorites, so the line's tightened a little bit. Um, injuries in this game, uh, Adam Humphreys is out with his concussion. Uh, Mark Ingram's status is up in the air, uh, with his ankle. It looks like he's going to play Nick Boyle. Uh, we mentioned on Tuesday, he's out for the year, uh, with his knee injury, uh, pretty rough looking knee injury. And, um, Mike, you wanted to know if Lamar Jackson can be top five in this matchup, which would be a welcome change of pace for Lamar Jackson managers. Yeah, you know, and he did score outscore Cam Newton last last week on Sunday Night Football, and he did top 25 fantasy points for the first time since Week Six. Uh, but his 55 yards rushing was his lowest since Week Five. Uh, just three yards rushing. I don't know if he'll ever do that again. Uh, the Titans allowed just 36 rushing yards to quarterbacks over the last month, but the ninth most fantasy points. Uh, to QBs um, during that that time as well. So, you know, it's it's going to be one of those where he should perform well, but it's Lamar Jackson. And the dude has just been up and down, up and down all, all season. And I don't know if you can trust it. you got to roll with it since you probably picked him in the second round, even though we told you not to do that. Uh, but, yeah, he's your guy, so – Go with it and hope for maybe he rushes over 100 yards for maybe like with the second time this season. You know, I don't know. But it's 
yeah, you got to go with him, even though this could be a down. Should be a great game, but it could be a down game. Yeah, it's uh, especially because the Titans beat the Ravens last year, so that in the playoffs, so they have the formula. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's that's that was a big upset last year. I thought yeah. the formula was call out their plays at the well, line. That's how you that's how you stop Greg Roman in his second or third year. Um, that's the same thing that happened with Kaepernick. Uh, he uh, his his innovation um, only goes so far, and I put innovation in giant air quotes. Either that or Lamar Jackson's just making up excuses. Um, I I don't know. Considering that I had the same, I heard the same thing in in San Francisco. I don't think that's Lamar Jackson making up excuses. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't Kaepernick saying that. It was the the lineman saying that. Yeah, hey, you know, they started to call out our play. So I think it's a Greg Roman issue. I definitely think it's a Greg Roman issue where he uh he innovates for the player, but never innovates for the innovation for the player. You know, like the the he he can't counter punch. He can punch. And he gets hit in the mouth and he can't counterpunch. That's that's a Greg Roman uh, staple um, that I saw in San Francisco. So uh, we will we will see how that goes. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go on to Evan's question. Which uh, <laughs> can the industry stop trying to make J.K. Dobbins a thing? I got a whole list of players I would like the industry to try to stop making, stop I, I, trying to make a thing. I don't. And uh, people are slowly realizing it in the Discord. We're like ratings don't really matter as much this late in the season we all kind of really know and whether or not the industry has caught up with it that's uh that's irrelevant okay jk dobbins he got five carries last week and one catch for one yard off of two targets and 13 rushing yards all right right now i i I dropped him over a month ago i haven't looked back uh right now on Fantasy Pros HPPR rankings, which amalgamate everyone's rankings throughout the industry, uh, he's not only the top projected back on Baltimore, who's not named Lamar Jackson, he's ranked 33rd this week, which means they think he's an okay flex play. And they, I mean society or whatever, the industry pundits. Why? He scored less than two points last week. Well, he doesn't do anything any weeks. This well, doesn't make it's because we li- it's because we live in a society. That was a mistake. Tell you what, <laughs> living in a society. <laughs> yeah, we can't. This this is a zombie apocalypse. Can't come soon enough. Yeah, Mike, what do you think about this J.K. Dobbins situation? I just think he's, you know, I've been watching him closely over pretty much the course of the season, and he looks really good at times, and then at times he's like really bad, and it's just. I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna smash the guy's career because he's only a rookie, and as we know, they didn't even have you know OTAs and everything. But it's just been really up and down for him. Uh, for right now, for this year, for redraft leagues, I think it's it's done and buried. But it really was done and buried before the season even started because you have four running backs. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Mark Ingram, you have Gus Edwards. You, you know, and it's just one of those things where even if one goes down, they're going to find another one to, to replace him. And it's just going to be a ro- rotating thing where J.K. Dobbins just does not get enough volume to make himself worthy. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's that's a big problem, especially with Gus Edwards has been showing out the last. Well, most of the last few weeks um, uh, he's been coming on lately. Um, so even Mark Ingram being hurt doesn't clear up space for for. Uh, 
for J.K. Dobbins. So it's it's definitely been a frustrating year for people who drafted uh, J.K. Dobbins. And I think uh, going J.K. Dobbins in uh, my dynasty draft is a big reason why I went ahead and uh, sold Nick Chubb and started to rebuild. Because <laughs> uh, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot this year. But, um, but I like him for the future. So... Yeah, it's a rough year for J.K. Dobbins managers, but don't forget Daryl Henderson uh, going into your 2021 campaigns. Don't forget what Daryl Henderson did, did this year, and Ronald Jones is done. You know, these yep. guys aren't dead and buried just because they have a, a rookie year that's that's uh, we'll say inconsistent um, for Dobbins through no fault of his own. You know, don't don't learn learn the lessons from from guys and uh, don't don't bury guys. Yeah, especially when someone doesn't even have an opportunity to showcase his skills as much as, say, someone who's Jonathan Taylor, who's had plenty of opportunities, <laughs> has done nothing with it. So Lit it out. Lit it yeah. out, Mike. I also want to lit it out. Um, but, yeah, it's I would definitely – I wouldn't put the, the, the squash on J.K. Dobbins just yet. Um, I, I w- definitely want to see how he progresses, not even into second year to his third year. And if he – continues to look like he does in year three then you could say yeah this this isn't a thing yeah he's he's definitely a good uh bounce back candidate for next year even though he's never bounced in the nfl in the first place he'll still be listed as a bounce back because of uh what what we expected to, to from him uh coming into into the league yeah and that's always so interesting too because it's like you know, okay so mark ingram probably gone just a hill probably gone and he'll have a good portion of that backfield to himself, but it's like, well, he didn't do anything in 2020. So he's going to have a great year in 2021, which means he's going to be a bounce back. Well, how can you really consider someone a bounce back when they never had the opportunity to to bounce in the first place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just it's it's funny that that's what we call them when they've when they've really never done anything in the NFL, um, but they. Uh, uh, have an opportunity to, to do well. It's 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 a post type sleeper. Remember we discussed what a post type sleeper is. It's a, it's a more a fancy baseball term, but um but yeah, this next year J.K. Dobbins would be a huge post type sleeper, I think, um in my opinion. So all right, let's go. Let's move on to the next game on this docket. It is uh, Patriots and Texans um, in this one. And this, uh, opened as a 48 point over under with new England as two point favorites. And it hasn't really changed. The lines moved up half a half a point. So not a big deal there. Um, injuries in this one, uh, Nikhil Harry has been abducted by aliens. Um, and he has, and that is why he has been invisible the whole year. That's the only explanation for what's happened to Nikhil Harry. He has been, he has been, Oh, you know what it is actually. He's been, his, he's had his power sucked by the Monstars for space jam too. It'll be about football. There we go. That that's that's uh that that's how I'm gonna justify it to myself. Uh, maybe he's on the Corey Davis fi- uh, Devonte Parker five year plan. We'll see. <laughs> um, or maybe he's just bad. Um, Duke Johnson missed uh, practice on Thursday with an illness. That's not COVID, but he should play. Um, and yeah, in this one, uh, Evan, you want to know if uh, Duke, who should play this weekend, like I mentioned, is gonna have a bounce back um, that his fantasy managers desperately need him to have. Yeah, he played, uh, he played, uh, he practiced uh, Thursday and Friday. So that's looking good. And uh, I was glad to see not a lot of people uh, uh, abandoning the Duke Johnson train. Cause you know, if you need a desperate running back, he's a good play this week. Last week was the match against Cleveland, which was weird. The whole, the whole game was weird as wins and Cleveland sometimes is good against the run. This week he's got a new England team. That's bad against the run top 10 bad against the run. So just 
So I'm going to I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it. If I don't see it, well, then Duke's dead to me. But I, I think that I'm going to see uh, Duke bounce back uh, at least 10 to 15 points advancing. Wow. At least 10, 10 to 15. At least Evan's calling his shot here. England's bad at the run. <laughs> They're yeah. not good at running well, back, stopping Neff. You know, stuff. you know who's also bad at the run? Duke Rudy Johnson. <laughs> Duke Johnson is also bad at the run, but uh, in doing them, uh, not so much in stopping them. But uh, Mike, another guy, has Rex Burkett really had three, two straight top 10 performances? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm calling yeah. BS, Mike. You got to research. I'm uh, calling BS. Right. And I actually had to do that. Like I, I researched it and I wrote out my notes and then I went back and went, this can't be true. I, I got to check this out. And yep, I was right. So I was right twice, and that'll probably never happen again in my lifetime. But yeah, um, yeah t- top 12 running back for two straight weeks. He has scored a total of 38 fantasy points against the Jets and the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, you would expect a heck of a lot of points against New York, but really, his biggest portion of those 38 points. Came with 22 against the Ravens. Um, wow. So he's not only doing it against the weak teams, he's doing it against the strong defenses. Now he's got the Texans. And, I mean, if he could score 22 and a half points against the Ravens, what is he going to do to the Texans? 30th worst in fantasy points allowed. However, you have Bill Belichick as your head coach. And, you know, when things are going good, he's, it's going to be James White as the stud or Damian Harris or or some dude that we never heard of. And he's going to be like the big stud of the week. J.J. Taylor. J.J. <laughs> Taylor. Um, but I tell you what, I ride this hot hand and right now it's Burkhead. So get him in your lineups. Pick him up. He might even be on the waiver wire. Pick him up. Put him in. He's just totally rocking it out. So, yeah, get him in your lineups. Unless Bill Belichick pulls uh, Legarrette Blunt out of retirement and they yeah. can't get <laughs> and gives him 13 carries this weekend, it all 13 at the goal line. Exactly, exactly. Uh, man, Legarrette Blunt, what a trip! All right, um, yeah. So that that'll do it for New England and Houston and uh, guys over under. Uh, oh, here we we asked earlier, would you start Taysom Hill at quarterback? My question to you: Would you start Jacoby Myers at quarterback? <laughs> He's the only one that's doing anything. Well, I, I guess Cam Newton is doing something, but yeah. Yeah, he uh, he. Um, they should just swap him. Have Cam be the running back. Oh, that's not a swap. Darn. Have Cam, oh, hey, Cam Newton. Cam Newton caught a pass a few weeks ago. He could play wide receiver. Actually, he would. I I uh, call me crazy, but I think if I had to choose, I would put uh, putting Cam at tight end over wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Cam, I, I don't think I'd put him at tight at a uh, wide receiver. Big body. Big body. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Miami and Denver, um, Miami six and three, Denver three and six, uh, the six, three, a little shocking 45 point over under Miami is three point favorites is, uh, how this one opened and the line has moved to Miami as three and a half point favorites. So slight move towards Miami, um, is how the money's going. And in this one, the dolphins waived Jordan Howard, which is, I guess, good for adding half a point. Uh, Savin Ahmed had 84% of their rush attempts last week, and uh, Matt Breida is questionable but should play, so that's something to keep in mind in that backfield. It's cleaning up nicely for Sakman Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed's 
uh, touches. Uh, for Denver, uh, Drew Locke and Noah Fant are both questionable with ribs. Jerry Judy is dealing with an ankle injury in practice this week, but he should be good to go um, to play this weekend. And, uh, Mike, that's who your question's about, is about Jerry Judy, if he could be a top 24 uh, wide receiver this week. Yeah, he, he had a little shoulder injury on Sunday last week, but he still managed to get double-digit fantasy points for the third time in consecutive weeks. He's had at least eight weeks in every game of the streak, that, and that should uh, – eight targets, um, excuse me, eight targets every game. And should continue against the Dolphins. Uh, Miami's allowed the 10th most fantasy points to receivers. Uh, so I, I, I like him. I, I think he's he's definitely a lock for Jerry um, – a lock for lock. Uh, Jerry <laughs> And someone that runs great routes, can catch the ball very well, uh, has great radius. And he seems growing in his rookie role. So I, I think someone has a – Top 24 candidate uh, as someone who can trust to start is that's Jerry Judy. Okay, yeah, I mean he's uh the rookie wide receivers this year are really doing well uh, between Judy and especially you know Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb had his time in the sun. Um, T. Higgins has been crushing it this year. Really bad year for me to release my whole study about rookie wide receivers and how they don't do well all course of the year. Uh, all throughout the course of the year. Well, it's like the best class. We knew going into the draft, it was the most talented class potentially in history. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's a great class uh, this year. So um, the first pick of the draft uh, and the wide receiver class has done absolutely nothing. Dude, the fr- oh, I even forgot Brandon Ayuk is has done some Ayuk. stuff this uh, year. Michael Rugs- coming on. Yeah, Pittman. It's been a good good year, and and um, <clears throat> Chenault had some some uh, some weeks where he was popping off. And uh, if you notice all those guys that have done well, were all in the first, what, three rounds um, yeah. that thank God. Part of my study was I said, don't look at a running back or a wide receiver taken outside the first three rounds. Don't even look at them for their rookie year because they have a 2% hit rate as being a top 36 wide receiver. So thankfully one part of my study paid off and it's paying off in spades. This year has been great for wide receivers. I'm so happy because it sucks when you get it like a Nikhil Harry situation or a Marquise Brown situation. If we're being honest here, where they just, they're just, you just poke them with a stick. You're just like, what are you doing? Do something, you know? And, and, you know, this year is the polar opposite of that. And it's great to see it's, 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 I I'm so happy, you know, uh, when, when these guys, uh, do well, it's just, it's, it's, it's good for fantasy football. You know, you want more guys doing well. You don't want a bunch of guys farting around being, being trash. Don't be a Henry Ruggs. Don't be a Henry Ruggs. Don't be on rugs. Um, all right, next. Oh man. Do we have, Oh, Evan's got to talk about John Elway. Do we have to? Oh, boy. No. My question is, is John, my question answers itself, which is, is John Elway going to get called in to identify bodies after Miami's defense is done? Yeah, this one's going to be ugly for all Broncos involved, I think. Um, Mike, no, no, uh, I know we just got done gushing over Jerry Judy, but yeah, this one's uh, Evan's right. His question is asked and answered. So let's get let's move on to the next game. Jets 0-9, Chargers 2-7, and but they're, they're, uh, they should probably be 6-3, and three, maybe, the Chargers, uh, if they could execute. Yeah, uh, this one, yeah. <laughs> this one started as a 47-point over-under with the Chargers as 
eight and a half point favorites. Now it's to 46 and a half and nine and a half point favorites for the Chargers. Uh, injuries in this one. Brashad Perriman limited with a shoulder injury. He should be playing. Uh, Justin Jackson uh, went on IR last week. If you missed that. Um, adding to Austin Eckler on the IR. So it's Kalen Balage week. Um, and don't worry, Mike, I put him in my FanDuel lineup just like you browbeat me into doing on Tuesday. So don't worry about that. He's in there. And um, Mike, we'll uh, go ahead and start with you because uh, unfortunately I made a transition into your question, even though Evan's supposed to start first. So Mike, is Kalen Balage just a mirage? Yeah, it, you know, he he came in, what, two weeks ago and lit up the fire and and then right after the game, they're like, nah, 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 you, you, you need to be on, on the practice squad. And then I guess things didn't work out as well as they thought that maybe the players didn't come back. Uh, maybe they thought Justin Jackson would bounce back. And they're like, oh, well, that's not happening. So come on, come on back. And he did well again. And I was watching. I didn't get to watch the full game. But, you know, he there's some lanes in there that he's taking advantage of. And he does have good straight line speed. I wish he could maneuver a little bit better. His feet, his waist. I mean, his waist is like frozen stiff. I've never seen a guy just run so stiff before. Um, And he he is just totally like that. But now they have the Jets. And we all know about the Jets. And I don't know if Quentin Williams will even be there. And, you know, uh, the Chargers have had a running back score at least 12 PP PPR points in seven of the nine games this year. And why not Kalen Balazs against just the horrible, horrible team like the Jets? I can see them just running and running and running and Balazs not being a mirage. Uh, Mike, you forgot one uh, one big aspect about this. Uh-oh. What's that? Revenge game, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Second straight revenge I game. I want them. Yeah, second straight revenge game, this time actually against the stupid, terrible coach, Adam Gase. It's probably only coaching because they want to get the first pick of the draft. Yeah, I mean, Thanks, that's... What, yeah, it's, he's the he's uh, the um, uh, the master P of this, uh, of this franchise. He's the colonel of the... This is a family show, so I can't say the word tank. Anybody? Make him say, uh? Nobody else big on uh, 1999... Uh, hip-hop no okay yeah no i remember master p tried to be an agent and <laughs> the opposing Dude. agent just skewered him to the worst contracts for his guys master p tried to play basketball he was on the sacramento kings uh summer league roster one year i remember that yeah i mean it was a pure purely a um uh uh pr move you know uh, uh you know to get people to actually watch summer league but i watched master p, p play master p play basketball and guys let me uh let me let you on a secret he wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> all right um in this one evan you want to know if uh jameson crowder is back as a don't sit your studs ppr monster and this came out of our discord which um i saw you answering questions about jameson crowder this week in the discord which if you want to get in on that it's tiny.cc slash fb absurdity um, to get in on the Discord conversation there. So, Evan, what did you tell the folks in the Discord this week? Well, you know, I, I said I, he's going to be de- don't sit your studs territory until he proves otherwise. And even though he caught only two passes last week, one of them was a touchdown, so he's still in. It's it's, it's a question of Joe Flacco. Did Joe Flacco go away from him? Because that's Joe Flacco-ness of it all. Joe Flacco is playing again this week for uh, still injured Darnold. Or is it that Crowder was working out of oh. injury? Oh, what's up? Oh, I was gonna say sorry. I, I I 
the Sam Darnold shoulder injury. I didn't put that in my notes. I sorry. I oh, thought cool. I was on. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> well, I got you back. Um. So. Uh. But also, Crowder was working through an injury, and it was right before the bye. And a lot of the pass, all of the passes that were thrown to him were in space, out routes, so he wouldn't be getting getting hit. Uh, whereas Crowder, you know, is known for being a slot machine. So uh, I'm wondering if that was just uh, for for get right purposes, and the Flacco now is going to make uh, Crowder, who's who's better than Braxton Berrios. Okay, Braxton Berrios is good, but Jamison Crowder is uh, as a is having a an emergence this year. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know, I'm starting him because he hasn't proven otherwise, but I'm wondering where Joe Flacco is going to be reads. Cause also we don't, Sam Darnold's shoulder might not, might take a while. It might be great next week. It might take a while. You never know with throwing arm injuries. So I, we might have this Joe Flacco for a while. So I actually have to take a, a deep dive and figure out how he's ticking. We might have Joe Flacco till the end of the season. If we're really going tank commander here. I've I, I've seen a team go tank commander where they go, uh, you know, this shoulder's questionable. Why don't we throw you on IR for a few weeks, see how things work out? Oh, shoot, season's over. Sorry. Oops. Oops. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes with Crowder and Flacco. And thank you for uh, for the uh, the shoulder injury with um, Sam Darnold. I'm seeing here what I did in my notes was I put a comma, and then I forgot to keep writing on my injury notes. So good, good, uh, good on me. So why don't we go ahead? Let's move on to the next game, Green Bay and Indianapolis, Green Bay seven and two, Indianapolis six and three, but they'll both be seven and three after this game. Right, Mike? Absolutely. There you go. Especially with Naheem Hines being the bell cow. Yeah, but Mike, Mike, hold on. Indianapolis, one and a half point favorites in this one, 51 point over under open 47 and a half points and Indy two point favorites. So, People are uh, people are thinking that uh, the Colts might win this one. So why don't we talk about Naheem Hines? And yeah, and the dome too. So or not the dome anymore. It's the dome. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it's a it's a it's a barn. Let's be clear here. The yeah, Colts play in a, in a giant barn. barn. <laughs> it is a, that is no doubt a barn. Um, uh, you know, he's 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 doing really well. Naheem Hines when he's given opportunity and. He led all the backs, running backs uh, in snaps with 56% snap share. Uh, I, I I think, you know, I, I don't think Taylor is ready. I, Hines has just been awesome. And, and every time he's been given the opportunity, he showcases skills. This is a game you don't really want to mess around with. And the Packers have allowed two receiving touchdowns in the past uh, four weeks to running backs. And a lot of receptions. And that all speaks to Naheem Hines. So if you're deciding between Hines and Taylor, I'm going with Hines this week. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much evidence to say otherwise. There's not much evidence to even tout Jonathan Taylor this week. Yeah, I mean, or at all, really, because, I mean, outside of a couple exciting runs and a couple exciting you know, plays that he's bowled people over. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a bad year for Jonathan Taylor and everything we were saying about JK Dobbins copy and paste to Jonathan Taylor. I think don't forget Daryl Henderson. Don't forget, uh, uh, Ronald Jones. 
you know, trust your evaluations on players. Uh, at least give them two shots at it. Um, but I didn't talk about injuries in this one. Uh, Danico Autry uh, is on COVID IR. Mo Ali Cox is limited. He should play. Jack Doyle's working through his concussion. He's expected to play. Alan Lazard's core injury, he was limited. But even if he plays this weekend, I'm not trotting him out there, no matter how desperate I am, because the coaches said he would be eased back. That also hurts MVS, who has had a couple big weeks uh, back-to-back. And the good thing, everybody can relax. Devontae Adams' ankle, he's expected to play this weekend. He is, uh, the the coaching staff said he is, quote, should quote should be good to go. And Evan, your question is about Robert Tunyon, with, you know, vis-a-vis, Devonte Adams's availability. Yeah, I guess all those people were clutching Tanyan, waiting for this news. You can drop him. He Jeff 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 laid it all out last week. He does good when Adams is out. And yeah. The opposite when the opposite. Yeah, exactly. He's uh last year it was Jamal Williams. This year it's Robert Tanyan, um, to, as the beneficiary for when uh, um, Devonte Adams doesn't play. So Evan, this is your this is your Jobu game, as uh, Dave Richard puts it. This is your last chance for uh, for Robert Tunyon. I don't know. I don't have any Tunyon shares. <laughs> you don't have any. Like, like I said, like every Tunyon is going to get me five points. So why do the one that you know give me something exciting? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Like we said earlier, it's better when everybody's good. It's better when uh, you have you're overflowing with options, not trying to decide between. Uh, Robert Tunyon or Ian Thomas or Mo Ali Cox, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a nightmare at tight end this year. Oh boy. And that's why we're starting Taysom Hill, baby. So excited for chaos ball. All right. Next game up on the docket, Dallas two and seven Minnesota Vikings, four and five, 48 point over under with a Minnesota seven point favorite on this one is how it opened. And that line has not moved. They nailed it the, at the first moment. Everybody bet perfectly on both sides of it. Um, injuries in this one. Uh, Andy Dalton was activated from COVID IR. He should be playing this weekend. Um, CJ Ham was put on COVID IR. Irv Smith is questionable with a groin injury. Let me double check that one because, hey, uh, you know, maybe Kyle Rudolph getting some targets uh, will uh, will be good if Irv Smith doesn't play. And it looks like he's still listed as questionable. No update on that with a groin issue. So, Evan, you want to know what Andy Dalton the uh, is going to do with this Dallas Cowboys offense? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. He's led multiple teams to the playoffs, okay? Uh, what? So do something. You've got the, a, a wealth of talent. What is it going to be? Are you going to continue to lean on CeeDee Lamb for the breakout season? Are you going to what, – what are you going to do? Do something. And also make it count on fantasy as well because the numbers don't give me enough to work with. Two and a half points, 13 points, two and a half points, then injured. That How? You threw it 54 times and scored 13 fantasy points. How? Dude, this has got this. This has to be an aberration, and this week I expect to see an actual offense run by a semi, maybe kind of competent quarterback moving the ball down the field and getting fantasy points uh, into places where they should be getting. So I just want to know exactly where those places are. Evan, I would like to thank you for putting that in the most elegant way possible, <laughs> putting fantasy points where they need to be going. It sounds like there's fantasy points just littering the field and Andy Dalton's just like the scooping it up. The floor is just covered with fantasy points. It's all jammed up on the conveyor belt here. He's just scooping it up, putting them in cubby holes. 
<laughs> like, oh, here's a here's a a catch for 15 yards. All right, that goes to C.D. Lamb. Let me put that in the cubby hole. Here's a dump off to Ezekiel Elliott. All right, that goes in that cubby hole. Uh, bing bong, but, so simple. Yeah, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, so simple. Uh, Mike, you want to? Uh, you're going uh, Spider-Man meme. Uh, Andy Dalton to Kirk Cousins, uh, basically the same guy. Can Kirk Cousins get back-to-back top 12 weeks uh, after he uh, is shredded? The right word for what he did to the bears or just limped his way to top 12 and let Justin Jefferson do the hard work. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, you probably can, you'll be right. So question to you guys, you guys, do you remember the last time Kirk cousins went back to back top 12 weeks? Mm. Was it in Washington? I'm thinking Washington. I'm thinking, uh, was maybe. it the, you like that game? I'm going to say the second of the back to back was the, you like that game. Uh, was that last year or the year before? That was a couple. That was a few years ago. That was Washington. Well, was yeah. it last year? Yes, it was last okay. year. So I'm uh, wrong. <laughs> uh, he. So yeah, last year he he had three straight back-to-back weeks or three straight weeks where he finished in the top 12. Uh, weeks five through seven. That was the last time he ever had back-to-back weeks. Um, he. So he finished as a QB 10 last week. Now. He has the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have allowed nine touchdowns in the last four games. So, they, as we know, the Cowboys suck when it comes to defending the pass. The one thing that they've done well so far is not allowed a lot of yards. They're, they're one of those teams that give up a lot of touchdowns, but not a lot of yards. And Kirk Cousins is one of those players that uh, can get some yards, but never really a lot of touchdowns. So, We'll see how that that turns out, but I, you know, he's going to have to get at least three scores or go over the 300 yard mark, and I don't think he can do that. Either way, he might get two touchdowns at the most, but go over 300 yards would be very surprising for me. So I'm going to say no. Good, Kirk Cousins will will have his top 12 week maybe by week 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 or 16 he may never have it until next year who knows about this guy he is so inconsistent yeah uh kirk cousins is uh just one of those quarterbacks that kind of uh as good as his weapons play that week that's how good he will play he's not going to overcome his weapons having a bad week um he's he's not transcendent enough but guys you want to feel old I, I'm already old. Day or day. Yeah, you're like 10 years younger than us, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I know. There is that. I, I will always feel young. Um, the Kirk Cousins, do you like that? Was five years ago. Good Lord. Five years ago. Over. It was October 2015. I would have guessed feel, like three years ago, but I would yeah. guess five years ago. Yeah, it feels like it just happened. Good God. All right, let's go ahead. Let's switch over to uh, the Sunday night football game this week, and it should actually be a good game. Chiefs are eight and one. Raiders are six and three. This one opened up with uh, 56 and a half over under. Casey has seven point favorites. Uh, Evan, Casey's moved to eight point favorites. Uh oh, now you're worried. The over under has moved to 57. Injuries in this one, CEH mispractice with the non-COVID illness he's expected to play. Sammy's hammies took a, a step back this week. He practiced in full on Wednesday, then was limited on Thursday. Just get rid of Sammy Watkins. Clear clear your mind of that headache. Um, 
uh, Fisher and Schwartz, the left and right tackle for the Chiefs, went on COVID IR and went off COVID IR. Uh, Martinez Rankin, who's a swing tackle for them, is on COVID IR this week, so they'll miss him. Should only be a problem if uh, either Fisher or Schwartz go down with injury. Um, for the Raiders, their entire team is on COVID IR. It's like eight guys went on COVID IR. They're all in the defense pretty much. Um, Who would have thought that a team based in a city that depends upon large crowds interacting would have a problem with COVID? Well, and also the team that just goes around just that got the huge massive fine for uh, COVID problems earlier this year. That was, that was shameful. I love the Raiders, but that was pretty mask on. Put on a mask. Don't go mask off. Go mask on. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Jonathan Abram, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, Kendall Vickers, and um, uh, Cleveland Farrell. All COVID. Good job, Raiders. Uh, and that adds to uh, Trent Brown, Corey Littleton, and LaMarcus Joyner, <laughs> uh, who were on COVID IR last week. So, um, Mike, you want to know if the Chiefs can figure out their running game. And considering that I'm pretty sure Evan's going to be lining up at left end this week for the Raiders, I think they could figure it out. <laughs> do it. I'll serve. <laughs> uh, I, he probably, Evan probably couldn't do any worse than Cleveland Farrell's done this oh, year. Oh, ouch. Oh. Um, it, you know, it's been interesting. So Le'Veon Bell came over to the Chiefs in week seven and CEH had 27 carries to Le'Veon Bell, 17, but DeAndre Washington had 10. And then in week eight, they had CEH with 33 and Le'Veon Bell with 17. And then Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson chipped in with eight each. And then last week, it even became even more strange. With CEH getting 25, Daryl Williams getting 18, and Le'Veon Bell getting 19 carries. It's like they're, they prefer Daryl Williams over Le'Veon Bell at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it, none of them are doing any good. None of them are, are working, and it's a straight-out mess. You're getting three or four running backs in the backfield sharing carries. And it, I, I don't know. CEH started off strong, but... I don't know if you could trust him the way that Andy Reid is just rotating this backfield. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to trust these backs in, in this backfield. It's it's a, it's a real mess back there. Back I won't there? I won't say back, back, back again. There. Back 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 back. Uh, yeah. So all right, Evan, you want to know if this is a good matchup for Derek Carr? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of throwing, as you pointed out. There's not going to be defense played, so. Uh, do you think I, I'm thinking Carr might, the car needs a get right game. He's had the game against, uh, he had the game last week when the running game just took off. And then he had the game against the chargers where I don't really have much of a reason why he didn't do good. But before that it was Cleveland where it was the windstorm. That's those three weeks were bad weeks after he had three straight weeks with 24 Fantasy points. Um, I'm thinking this is more a week where he gets 24 fantasy points than a week where he gets 15, which is kind of the average of the last, well, I guess the average of the last three weeks is 13. I'm thinking it's more of a big game. So I'm watching that because I want to see him. He's They're, they're going to have to lean on, as much as, they, as John Gruden loves Josh Jacobs, when they're down to a Super Bowl winning team, they got to rely on Carr. Carr has to be able to step it up and fling it all everywhere. So I'm watching a lot in this game, but particularly Carr's fantasy matchups. Yeah, uh, Derek Carr is kind of in those, like, uh, uh, you, you want to be able to to light him up um, 
you know, in good matchups, one of those guys that can kind of bounce on and off your waiver wire all year. So that's a good thing to look out for. Well, all right. He so rocked He rocked it against the Chiefs, whatever week that was, week five or whatever that was um, earlier in the year. Greatest week of all time. How could you forget? Yeah, 29. He had 29.5 points against the Chiefs uh, in week five. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, Mike, 347 passing yards, three touchdowns, and a pick um, to go along with, oh, my gosh, here's why he did so well. Do you know how much rushing he got in that game? Oh, he, he blew it up. I, I, I have the stats in front of me. So Four I, carries. One Mike yard. How, one <laughs> yard. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, all right, let's get to Monday night football. Um it's the Rams and the Buccaneers. Rams are six and three. The Buccaneers are seven and three. This one opened up as a 48 and a half point over under with Tampa Bay as four point favorites. This line two has not moved this week. Um, Jordan Rodrigue, who writes for the, about the Rams for the athletic uh, is teasing us saying that um, we, it, it wouldn't be shocking to see Cam Akers rush attempts draw closer to those of Daryl Henderson, which is the, Teasiest way to say this backfield's about to become a mess. Uh, Kai Forbath uh, hit the IR with an ankle injury. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, left tackle for the um, the Rams, um, one of the elder statesmen of the NFL, out six to eight weeks uh, with a an MCL injury. Um, if they make the playoffs, he has a chance of playing, but he's essentially done in that much like Greg Olson, probably a career on Andrew Whitworth uh, for the Buccaneers. Ali Marpet should be back from his concussion. He practiced in full this week. No other real uh, injury stuff to report there. So in this one, Evan, you want to know how just it's just every week. It's going to be Fournette versus Jones for you. Yeah, I'm going insane. I'm like Abed. We try to figure out is Nicholas Cage good? Like, I'm like is it going to be Fournette? Jones? Fumble. That's a hell of a ref. That's what Jones? like. That's like season four of Community. That's like a deep dive. Ref. That's what everybody stopped watching. Jones fumbled. And Tom Brady said, keep him in here. Because I assume Tom Brady is in complete control and doesn't let producerians do anything but hold a clipboard. And so I'm, I need another data point. Who's going to get the, care, the, the bulk of the carries, Fournette or Jones? Right now, I'd have to wager Jones because hot hand? Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to predict this. It's uh, you know, it's definitely gonna be Leonard Fournette unless it's not, and it's definitely gonna be Ronald Jones unless it's not, because it was Fournette before last week, and then it became Ronald Jones's thing. And and the previous two games, Fournette had got I think something like somewhere around two thirds of the snaps in the last two games, and they won one big and they got blown out in the other one, and then all of a sudden it's the Ronald Jones show, even with fumbling. Yeah, so in week eight, 25-23, Fournette, 73% of snaps. Week nine, they lost 3-38, thir- 66% of snaps. Then last week, 36% of snaps. So good luck. Good luck. This is a situation where I would rather not have these guys on my team. I would take a lesser player that I know what I'm going to get from them every week rather than risk the goose egg. But, uh, Mike, you want to know in what should be a defensive matchup if uh, either Jared Goof – Oops, did I mean to say Jared Goof? Yes, I did. If I Jared so. Goof or Tom Brady can finish inside the top 12. Yeah, it's it's one of those, as you mentioned, a tough matchup. The Rams are second toughest against quarterbacks. The Bucks are 10th toughest. And you have Goof also going against the 10th toughest defense. So I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised how well the Rams or receivers are doing 
um, in correlation to bat, how bad Jared Goff is as a quarterback because really it's the receivers that live off of the quarterback and not the vice versa. But that's what's happening with the Rams. It's been the receivers who've been giving Jared Goff the opportunity to excel to the much possibility as he can, which is like a QB 20, 25. Um, and with the Bucks, you know, the great receivers that they have. So, unfortunately, I, don't, I just don't see a whole lot of action in this game as far as wide receivers go, as far as quarterbacks go. Maybe it'll be a tight end kind of game, but either case, it should be one of those great defensive battles that you love to watch NFL football for, but not so much for fantasy. Yeah, it's. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this will be a fun game to watch, but I glad I don't have any any matchups riding on this that I need points from. I am glad that my opponent this week is starting Tom Brady. That makes me very happy. But there yeah, this go. is this is gonna be a better real life football game than a fantasy football game. Yeah, it yeah. should be pretty bad for all fantasy purposes. Yeah. So um so yeah. That'll do it, I think, for the uh, the review this week. So we asked a lot of questions this week. If you want to hear the answers to those questions, what you can go ahead and do, go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Go ahead and sign up there. We will get you an episode on Tuesday where we go through these questions and we answer them. And um, that's when we do our Thursday preview as well. So just keep that in mind if you want to hear the answers to these questions, what we saw, what we were looking for, because we do it a little bit different. We don't say start this guy, sit that guy. We're saying what we're looking for. Uh, going forward so uh, again patreon.com slash football absurdity three bucks a month you can get uh, a second podcast every week with the answers to those questions all right so after we do that we go to our fan duel picks for this week so we submit a fan duel lineup mike i know you're not a drinker now might be a good time to start yeah really oh holy mackerel um oh by the way thank you for putting up the points evan i appreciate it uh it was my pleasure believe me uh, yeah it was i could see um so uh yeah i don't even i i, I didn't even care the podium uh, and two straight third place finishes for me oh my goodness, Ooh, goodness gracious worse 81 points what the heck uh oh yuck and then Jeff, you did well, 101 points, uh, but the blowout, uh, uh, the big time winner, Evan, with 161, pretty much 162 play, points for a second first place finish of the year. Uh, as far as points are going, oh my goodness, it's gotten so bad that I'm now in second place. It should be uh, noticed. It should be noted that Mike was in first place every single week in terms of total this season. So yeah. I, I, this probably won't last long for me. I don't know. I don't know. You're on a roll. Um, week seven was the last time you actually took third place. So, but overall, <laughs> overall, I have. Um, 1,216 points. That's second place. Uh, I'm, I'm Evan. First place, 1,255 points, and then Jeff has something. I don't know what it is. What is it? Oh, 1,100. 11, 11, 1,163 points. I'm coming. He's not even the 12 yet. You're not even the 12s yet. I'm coming for you guys. It's fine. I, you know, real G's move in silence like lasagna. Like uh, Baker Mayfield said this week. That's me. That's me, baby. I'm Can coming really for you. really say that because that is technically not a silent G. I don't care. Take it up with Baker Mayfield. 
<laughs> Take it up with Baker Mayfield. I don't. I, uh, at, are, are you doing some Dominion software that was uh, invented by Venezuela that is now a, a Cuban paid for? Will China? Exactly. Yeah. It's stealing the election. All right, stealing the election from me. All right, let's go ahead. Let's. Uh, who wants to do their lineup first? I'm scared now. I'll go. All right, champ. I don't even remember it. I don't. Uh, let me see here. I was watching my kids. Okay, yeah. This week, the first thing I did was I put in Taysom Hill and tied it at 4,500. Me too. And, and, yeah, nice. And then the next thing I did was Mike Davis for 7,400 and Adrian Peterson for 5,100. Uh, I just, I'm just, I like to find my bargains first to see exactly how I'm going to make my steals. And I, I haven't revealed that process before because I didn't think it was very noteworthy. But after this last week's performance, I decided to start doing it that way. So once I had, uh, Taysom Hill, Mike Davis and AP in there, I realized I had, I had enough money to kind of go in the $7,500 to $8,500 range. So I went with, I went with Justin Herbert. I don't think much about the, I don't think much of the Tampa Bay Pass defense? No, he's not playing Tampa Bay. He's played a way worse team. I don't think much Jets. of the Denver pass defense after watching. Uh, keep going. Oh, keep go Jets. worse. Oh, the go Jets. Worse. Go, go worse. There you go. The Jets. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. Players, how am I beating you guys? I don't even know what I'm doing or how to say it or where. You don't even know what a stack was. I, I really. <laughs> You're didn't. like, hey, I invented this thing where you start two players from the same team. <laughs> uh, Justin Herbert's going against the Jets, so let's do it. Uh, 8,500. Then Jameson Crowder, I, I don't set your studs until he proves otherwise. 6,600. Uh, Keenan, I'm going to do a stack every week now. Every week now, I'm going to do a stack. I've done it for like five straight weeks. Every week, I'm going to do a stack because if I believe in, if I, I the way the way I, the way I've I've come up here, and I, I'm I'm sure I'm not inventing this. I'm sure everyone has known it for years. But it seems like you have to go big or don't. Don't 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 spread all your eggs around. Put all the eggs in one basket. Basket. So Keenan Allen for 8,000. Uh, Terry McLaurin for 7,300 and Calvin Ridley for 7,800. Looks like the two best guys left on the board. Uh, hopefully Ridley's injury will not serve us. If he's a late scratch, I, I will put in uh, Kareem Hunt for him, even though that's, uh, I think, $900 less. And then I want the Dolphins. I want the Dolphins for 4,800. So from the top, Herbert, Mike Davis, AP, Crowder, Keenan Allen, McLaurin, Taysom Hill, Calvin Ridley, and your Miami Dolphins defense. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. All right, Mike, what are you looking at this week for your FanDuel lineup? Well, like Evan, I agree that the quarterback should be Justin. I just got my hair cut, Herbert. Um, I don't know what the heck that was, but you go with it. Oh, yeah, we uh, didn't talk about that. Let's, let's, <laughs> what is with this, like, Bobby Hill after his growth spurt haircut that that, that Justin <laughs> Herbert got? I, oh, I, my God. Is he wearing, I know mask knee is a thing, but is he wearing a mask over his entire face? I mean, that is – that's – that's – that's a uh, – Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, at running back, we're going to go with James John Connor. Ooh. Yeah. Counting on that bounce back. <laughs> um, uh, running back again, we're going with Kalen, don't be a mirage balage. Oh, wait. You challenged me, and then you, you slot him into the lineup. Very yeah. interesting. Um, the a wide receiver... We got Amari Ferrari Cooper. The other right. wide receiver, we have Justin Justin Jefferson. 
the other wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. I don't know how to make something out of that, so whatever. <laughs> People on Twitter call him Deion Bay, like uh, like Bay, you know. Oh, Bay. Deion yeah. Bay Johnson. There you go. Tight end, Logan Wolverine Thomas. Ah. And Mike Davis, two names, Mike and Davis. It should be a super stud. And Pittsburgh Steelers defense. All right. So, uh, all right. So, um, if you guys are ready to hear the third place lineup, I, I will go ahead and give that to you. So, if you want to get top three in your three-man lineup, this is the one for you. So, um, Mike, you went Justin Sherberts. Uh, Evan, you went Justin Sherberts. I'm going a little bit of a different direction. Alex Smith, baby. Oh, 49ers. Alex Smith had back-to-back 300-yard passing games this week. Do you know the last time Alex Smith had 300-yard back-to-back yard passing games? 2012. Evan? Ever. I don't know because he didn't do it at at, uh, Utah, and he hasn't done it in the NFL yet. So that means best-case scenario, he did it in high school. That was before the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies came out. So the last time he did it, if he's ever done it, was three Spider-Men ago. Three Spider-Men ago. So I'm counting on a back-to-back-to-back big game from Alex Smith. And I use that savings there because he's only 6,600 to go ahead, put the same guy into your lineup that you guys did. Mike Davis, 7,400. And then Mike, the same guy you you did at your second running back slot. I forgot how to talk there for a second. Kalen Balaj, 5.8K. Then, Mike, I use that savings to mirror your lineup again. Justin Jefferson, 6.7K. Then I went with Keenan Allen because I originally had a Herbert Keenan Allen stack. Then, Mike, I'm going opposite you. I'm going Juju instead of Deontay Johnson. Then, Evan, we're uh, great minds think alike. Uh, Taysom Hill, 4.5K. Miami Dolphins, 4,800 bucks uh, for the DST. And then all this money, I got to leave the hammer for the end. Alvin Kamara and the flex, baby. 9.7K. This week, I didn't start with Devontae Adams. This week, I started with uh, uh, Alvin Kamara, and I went from there. So, again, Alex Smith, Mike Davis, Kalen Balazs, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Taysom Hill, quarterback at tight end, Alvin Kamara, Miami DST. That is your third-place FanDuel lineup this week. If you want to sign up for FanDuel and make lineups with your friends like this, you can do private contests where it's just the three of you. You guys can do it yourself. Uh, you can go to FanDuel.com uh, slash Football Absurdity. Put in promo code Football Absurdity. You get a 20% match up to 500 bucks. Let them know that we sent you, and uh, it helps us out a lot. So, gentlemen, anything else to add for week 11? Good luck. Uh, don't suck, and hope you win. I'm having a charity drive in the Discord. Uh, this week, it's a local organization that's going to provide uh, money for toys for kids that can't afford it in my area. And because my area doesn't allow me to do a uh, prize, instead, I'm going to do a punishment where the first three people to get bingo will be able to read from a list of punishments. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole list here. I'm just going to tell you the most salient one. If someone so chooses, I would have to write a 1,000-word essay on how much I love Tom Brady. So if you want to get on that, help some people out, uh, hop into our Discord. tiny.cc backslash absurdity? That'd be absurdity. 
our 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 quote unquote permanent link that link to uh, tiny.cc slash absurdity uh, expired a uh, little bit of a, uh, an angry moment i had with discord there considering how many things i put that in but oh well yes yeah, so uh evan you can check out um uh, our our discord tiny.cc slash fb absurdity and uh you can find the what's the channel called evan bingo for charity bingo for charity and you can uh, sign up there and is it kickers this week is it uh yeah, we'll roll kickers roll kickers yeah, all right yep, so we'll think we'll shake it up in the off season but it, kickers are fun yeah so there you go all right boys Next time we talk, it will be Thanksgiving week. So I hope everybody has a good, safe weekend. Uh, I'm stirring my turkey right now, actually, once I hang uh, out. I bought it mine today. I got to let it uh, defrost, and then I'm going to sous vide that bad boy starting uh, probably on Tuesday. So, uh, right. Oh, whatever. We'll do turkey talk, talk next week. We'll do turkey talk next week. All right. Stay, stay safe. Wear a mask. Uh, good luck in week 11, and you take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye.